Welcome to American Indian and Alaska Native Living, a program designed to educate and inspire listeners throughout Indian country. American Indian and Alaska Native Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he is here today to help you learn more about your health. Here is Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Today we're doing uh, the final of a uh, series of special programs. This will be the third special radio broadcast and joint video program that is part of the FAST 8 weight loss program. For those of you that are tuning in by radio and you've heard some of these segments before, today's program is going to be actually quite a bit different. We will be focusing on the topic of behavior change. That's right. We'll be speaking about how to successfully change behaviors. And we're doing this because week eight of the Fast Aid program is really focused on helping people solidify changes that they've made during an eight-week program. So uh, we're going to help walk you through as radio listeners, as well as those of you that might be tuning into the video edition of this program. If you're wondering about the video segment, it is due to be released 7 p.m. Eastern Time on March 25th, Saturday, March 25th. And I'm just glancing down at my calendar to make sure that I am giving you the correct dates, and that is true. So if you're watching this right at 7 p.m., the video form of this program, on the 25th of March, you are watching the live premiere or the special premiere showing, the scheduled premiere showing on the YouTube platform. So for those of you on radio, if you're just jumping on board and you say, what is all this about Fast 8? For the last eight weeks, we've been going through eight different fasting strategies that can help people lose weight, can help you uh, gain better health. If you are hearing about it for the first time, simply go to www.timelesshealinginsights.org slash fast8. That's F-A-S-T and the number eight. And that will take you right to the landing page for this program. You can download the most recent edition of the handout. Every week throughout this program, we have been updating that handout. This week is no exception. And there are new things in that handout if you've gotten it before. Uh, definitely, while you're viewing this program, go ahead and download that handout. Make sure you've got the most current edition in front of you. Today's program, we're focusing on something that uh, many of you have talked with us about. You have been writing in, and someone actually asked this question. By the way, whether you're on radio or watching this on video, this is a great question. And that is, how do you interact with us? How do you ask questions that will be aired on other editions of American Indian and Alaska Native Living Radio? How do you ask questions that uh, will get our attention at this program and our sister website, Timeless Healing Insights? So simply go to the Timeless Healing Insights website. That is the best single point of contact. You'll hear other things that uh, the station breaks and things. We'll give you some other ways you can connect with us. You can call in if need be. But what is working most efficiently is to use that Timeless Healing Insights website. Again, it's www.timelesshealinginsights.org. And when you open up to that homepage, you'll see some different options at the top of the page, a, kind of a menu bar, if you will. Choose the Contact Us one. 
when you click on that and then send a message, that will uh, make its way to the team that uh, answers those questions. And periodically, if you're a regular listener, you will notice that we have been answering questions that have come through that portal because we have done a number of things in cooperation with the Timeless Healing Insights website. Again, if you're trying to figure out how all these things work, we do have a dedicated website for American Indian and Alaska Native Living. That is simply AIANL.org. That's where you can get our magazine, all our archived radio shows. The Timeless Healing Insights website will also connect you with the archived radio shows, but we have other uh, free health programs there. We have the Fast 8 program that will stay up there. That is our plan uh, for that to stay available. If you're hearing about it for the first time, you can still go through that eight-week program. Uh, And in fact, as one of our uh, program participants recently asked, this is in one of our live sessions, they said, well, is this program still going to be available after the eight weeks, which ends actually April 1st? April 1st will be a graduation program. So if you're a radio listener and you want to take part in that uh, live graduation program where we'll be hearing success stories from folks who've gone through the Fast 8 program, you'll want to sign up at the Timeless Healing Insights webpage uh, or simply go to www.timelesshealinginsights.org slash fast8, fast and then the number 8, and you can sign up and you'll be notified and get the link uh, you can Uh, interface with us via Zoom next week. So uh, again, for the video participants, whether you're watching this as the premiere, the live premiere on YouTube, or whether you're watching it sometime after the fact, if you're watching it before April 1st of 2023, we'll have a special video program only. We will not be airing that program on radio. So uh, this is the last in a series of three of the nine sessions We've done jointly with uh, the radio show. Part of the reason for that is just based on my travel schedule. So uh, let's get down to business because I want to put some things in your hands that can kind of help you when it comes to making lasting changes. And here's something that came to us through the Timeless Healing Insights uh, website. Someone basically shared a story of how they were in a part of the country that's been affected by extreme weather. Some of you are saying, what part of the country has not been affected by extreme weather lately? Well, anyway, this person... Affected by extreme weather, their power was knocked out for a number of days. Uh, They did not have a generator, and as a result, they went through that horrific ordeal. Uh, We've been through it before, losing all of your uh, food that you've got in freezers, refrigerators. And uh, I say horrific. I mean, some of you say, well, that's uh, uh, using pretty colorful language. That's a bit of hyperbole, but it's tragic, right? I mean, not only the expense, but, uh, but the waste. So uh, this person was bemoaning the fact that a lot of their food options, their healthier options, uh, were not accessible. Uh, apparently, they couldn't travel as well. Uh, I don't recall whether they were out uh, out west where there was flooding or other parts of the country, what actually the circumstances were. But the point was, this individual said, my whole fast aid program was derailed. And here's why. For those of you just learning about the program, one of the keys in this program we, we give you a variety of different fasts, and the challenge in the program is for you to find at least one of them that you're going to stick with long term. And we expose folks to a number of them. One that has resonated with many of the participants is uh, something we shared in the very first week of the program, and that was about leaf, stem, and flower vegetables. Uh, just eating those exclusively at the beginning of your meal 
one serving of nothing but leaf, stem, and flower vegetables. In one of our recent live sessions, one of our participants said, well, Dr. DeRose, I upped the ante a bit. And instead of just having you know, a salad made with those leaf, stem, and flower vegetables, or instead of just having a, a serving of celery or asparagus or broccoli or whatever a person's favorite leaf, stem, or flower vegetable is, they said, I up the ante, and I just said one whole meal each day is going to be nothing but leaf stem and flower vegetables. And as I recall, uh, that person uh, shared that with us about five weeks into the program, and they had lost 12 pounds. That was one of the main strategies that they were using. So this is a powerful strategy. It helps to normalize blood sugar, but it's just one of the many. So here's where we're at at this point in fast eight. Whether you're that person who seemed like your whole program was derailed by a power outage because of extreme weather, whether you're a person saying, hey, I'm having great success because I can eat those leaf stem and flower vegetables. I didn't lose them. That's what happened to the individual with the refrigerator and power outage. Uh, they lost all those fresh vegetables that they had in the refrigerator. And they're saying, I couldn't implement that. So regardless of where you're at on that continuum, someone who is seeing success or someone whose program was derailed by circumstances, what I want to share with you today are some secrets to lasting behavior change. We actually featured this on um, one of our live sessions. Some of you know this eight-week program is designed to appeal to people across the spectrum, uh, whether you're native, whether you're non-native, whether you're... Uh, Christian, whether you're an atheist, whether you're a Buddhist, whether you're someone who's a Scientologist, this is uh, independent of racial, ethnic, spiritual boundaries. We have been trying to put sound tools in your hands so that you could be in charge of your own lifestyle and uh, accomplishing some weight loss, some better health outcomes. Now, with that background, here's where we're going. Because Regardless of where you've come from spiritually, we've been doing something special on Wednesday nights. It was a bonus part of this program. It was a spiritual support program. And I told you folks early on, um, I've done different things with uh, spirituality over the years. Yes, I've been in settings where we've talked about generic spirituality. Uh, you might think of like a 12-step program talking about a generic higher power. And those programs have value a lot of people with a lot of success, whether it's Overeaters Anonymous, whether it's Narcotics Anonymous, whether it's the, the granddaddy of them all, Alcoholics Anonymous, AA, these various 12-step programs, there's various uh, iterations, various uh, uh, ways that these programs have been used. So I'm not depreciating those, but I'll just be honest with you. What I have found uh, is most powerful is if you use a spiritual approach that is tailored to your own spirituality. And so... Um, I have embraced a Christian worldview. I was an agnostic at, at one time in my uh, in my life, but embraced a, a Christian worldview. And uh, sometimes when I do spiritual support groups, I will do them from that orientation. And that's what we've done in these Wednesday nights. If you catch the episode where we did the spiritual support session, especially talking about behavior change, there was a lot of things we discussed that would apply to anyone across the spiritual spectrum. And we want to hone in on those things in even more detail tonight. Let me probably share with you, right out of the box, a very powerful framework 
for looking at health behavior change. I've used it in classes that I've taught throughout the years, and they call it the ABCs of health behavior change. So B stands for behavior. The C stands for something that follows behavior. And you say, hey, that's easy. After any behavior, there's going to be some C consequence, right? But what does the A stand for? If you've got A, then B, then C, what does the A stand for? And that's a word that we don't use in the vernacular so much. A is for antecedents, antecedents. So in today's program, regardless of whether you've ever set foot, figuratively speaking, in our Fast Aid program, I want to give you some of the tools to lasting behavior change. We're going to do it in this context of a well-researched framework, the ABCs of health behavior change, looking at the antecedents, looking at the behaviors, and then looking at the consequences. How can you tap into all these things and be more successful? So we're going to start by talking about something that actually we talked about, we mentioned in a recent episode of American Indian and Alaska Native Living Radio. We had uh, Dr. Graff from Liberty University who was talking with us about SMART goals. Some of you have heard about SMART goals before, and we're talking about this because we can't talk about the antecedents and the consequences of behaviors without talking about the behaviors themselves. So we want to talk about really helping you, whoever's listening to this show, whoever's viewing this episode, to say what is going to be different from here on out. What kind of behaviors, what single behavior or what set of behaviors am I going to focus on? And we want you to be thinking about that right now, because as we go through this show, we're going to walk through maybe your behavioral goals, and I'm going to tell you how we use this construct, looking at the antecedents, looking at the consequences, and then how we can help you translate that insight into lasting success. I'm Dr. David DeRose. The program you're listening to is American Indian and Alaska Native Living. That's the radio edition. You may be watching us, well, in real time, it seems like. You're watching a video from the Fast Aid program. If you're doing that, then what I want to tell you is simply this. We're going to be back. We have to take a break. And uh, we're going to talk about your own behavioral goals and how to be more successful. I'm Dr. DeRose. We'll be back with more right after these important messages. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please reach out to us on the web at A-I-A-N-L dot O-R-G. That stands for American Indian Alaska Native Living. Again, A-I-A-N-L dot org. Or you can call us at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. We are strong. We are resilient. And we will get through this together. But these are stressful times. And it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone. Connect with your friends. Stay in touch with your community and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. 
When Jim died, I wondered if I would be able to keep the farm. Then I heard about the USDA's loan program for socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers. It's for women and minorities who may be having trouble getting credit. Once I was approved, the USDA's Farm Service Agency helped me get the credit I needed. Now I don't have to sell, and I can pass the farm down to my kids the way Jim's dad passed it down to him. I know he'd like that. Contact your local USDA Service Center or visit www.fsa.usda.gov. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You are back with Dr. David DeRose for the second segment of today's edition of American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. We're speaking about behavior change lasting health behavior changes. And I challenged you in the last segment to think about what you want to be different long-term. For folks that have been on the Fast Aid program, that's what you've been experimenting with. You've been trying different things that you're saying, hey, can I stick with this long-term? Can I stick with it for the rest of my life? Let's talk about some of these behaviors and how we use this ABC construct, antecedents, behaviors, and consequences. Let's just start with the behavior. And I'm going to tell you a story uh, that actually was shared in one of our sessions. Someone uh, had the courage to come on air and say, hey, we're hearing about these people who lost 20 pounds, 12 pounds, 8 pounds in the program. And this person shared they had only lost a half a pound in about five weeks. And I was really encouraged that they shared because I told them this program, remember, is about you identifying things that you can change long term. It was really exciting about this person as they had, uh, as I understood their story, had made a decision to engage in regular physical activity. Regular physical activity. This is just powerful stuff. And so this person was telling us how, and I don't remember the exact figures. I think they started maybe exercising five minutes a day each day of the week. And then they went up to eight minutes a day the second week. Then they increased maybe by three to five minutes the next week. And so they're up to 11 to 14, 15 minutes And I think by the time they shared with us, they were up to 20 minutes or something a day and exercising multiple days of the week. As I recall, might have even been every day of the week. So here's the thing. That person had not lost a lot of weight yet. But the point I made is as you're getting more fit, it's very likely that this person was converting some of their fat into muscle. And uh, in the long run, you're better off with more muscle mass because this is the driver, one of the main drivers. We often say the main driver 
of basal metabolic rate. That means all of us are burning calories even when we sleep, even when we're laying down, and that amount of calories that you burn is determined by how much lean body mass you have. So a real powerful thing is building muscle, regular physical activity, just extremely powerful. So let's talk about this behavior then. Let's say this person works up to 30 minutes a day, and they say, I want to continue 30 minutes of exercise every day. So that is the B, the behavior in that A, B, C model. You say, well, what is the A? That's the antecedents. What is the C? That is the consequences. So now let's just stop and think about all this. So whatever behavior you do or don't do, there will be consequences. So let's stop and talk about that first. This person is focused on exercise now. That is their target behavior. And I was alluding to Dr. Graff and how she shared with us in a previous episode of American Indian and Alaska Native Living Radio, she shared with us something about SMART goals. And I brought something along with me. Uh, this is just, uh, you're looking at this if you're watching the video. If you're on radio, I'm holding up right now uh, my smartphone. And on this smartphone, I happen to have the uh, Kindle app. I could just as well have some other ebook app, and I do actually have some other ebook apps on there as well as Kindle. But I have the Kindle app because uh, the book that I helped co-author, 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure Control, is on this phone in my Kindle app. So yes, I even purchased my own book. Well, Chapter 4 has a lot of material about behavior change, and I'm navigating over there to talk about SMART behavioral goals. So if you've actually got a copy of the book, it's page 56, Chapter 4, and we've got this mnemonic for SMART behavioral goals. S stands for specific. M is for measurable. A is for action-oriented. R is for realistic. And T is for time-phased. Some people use timely. There's different variations of this SMART goals, but it's a great construct. So specific S, measurable M. So when we're talking about lasting behavior change, you want to meet these different criteria. So if this individual who's going through the FAST-8 program says, I want to exercise 30 minutes a day every day of the week, then that is that a specific goal? You'd say, oh, yes, that's very specific. Well, perhaps. It's specific to an extent, but you might ask, well, what kind of exercise are you going to do? So it would be good if you didn't just articulate a general exercise goal but if you had a specific, you know, some specific things you were going to do, like maybe I'm going to walk every day outside. Well, then someone's going to say, well, what happens if the weather's bad? What happens if uh, you're under a tornado watch? And they say, uh, go into your storm shelters. For many years, I lived in Oklahoma. And there were certain times uh, where you got in your storm shelter. You weren't out going for a walk. Now, maybe you're a storm spotter or maybe you like excitement, but... There were certain nights where we spent the night in our underground storm shelter. Okay, smart goals, specific and measurable. Is it measurable? And why it's so important if it's measurable, you want to be able to look back and say, have I done this? It's great if you have a, a calendar and you can check it off. Did you do your 30 minutes of exercise? Very measurable, right? 
So this person has a measurable goal. Specific, we might say, might be better if they specified what kind of exercises they're going to do. They may already have those. They may say, look, when it's nice outside, I do this. I've got a gym in my house or I've got a piece of exercise equipment that I actually use. So they've got a game plan. Now, consequences. There's several reasons why I like people to look at consequences. One of them is to frame the good things that happen as a result of your exercise. So let's say this person keeps up with that 30 minutes of exercise every day. Let's say they've changed nothing else. Now, if you haven't heard this already, I'll tell it to you now. Most of you have heard it multiple times. But exercise alone, for most people, is not the most powerful strategy for weight loss. Now, having said that, remember, one of the things we've been emphasizing in the Fast 8 program is not just losing weight, but improving health. So I've shared things in many settings about some of the research, uh, really, at least from my vantage point, the folks that really brought this to light were folks at the Cooper Aerobic Center in Dallas. They were looking at this whole question of if you have to choose between, and they use the term fat, being fit and fat, or being unfit and thin, what should you choose? Now, the typical person would say, just because of the stigma that there is when it comes to overweight in our society, the typical person would say, well, hey, listen, I'd rather be thin and unfit. But the researchers at the Cooper Center, at the Cooper Clinic, they found something very interesting. As far as many of the parameters, you were better off to be fit and overweight or even, quote, fat than to be thin and unfit. Why I tell you that is for this reason. Exercise is powerful. If you can stick with a lifetime commitment to exercise, it is powerful. It helps your health in a variety of ways. I am an avid exerciser. It was not always that way, but at a relatively early time in my life, such to the point that I can tell you it's been over 30 years that I've been on a regular daily exercise program. I don't tell you that to get some accolades or to tell you how great I am. I started exercising on a daily basis. It was at least two years after I started doing some exercise. And the reason I did it is not because I wanted people to be impressed with me. It's because I felt better. I performed better. So even if it makes no difference in your weight, exercise is powerful. It's lowering your risk of diabetes, lowering your risk of high blood pressure, helping decrease your risk of certain cancers, all kinds of excellent things. It has mental health benefits. And that was one of the main reasons that attracted me to the exercise, powerful stress-relieving benefits from regular physical activity. So I tell you all this to circle back. You've identified your behavior. The behavior that we're focused on in, in this first example is 30 minutes of exercise a day. You could have just as well said 15 or 20 minutes or 45 minutes. You've got this specific measurable goal. And we're looking at the consequences. And the consequences of doing that exercise, I want you to write them down, okay? If you've been doing something for the last six, eight weeks on the Fast Day program, or if one of you listeners, you haven't been doing any special program, but you look at your lifestyle, you say, hey, I've been doing this with exercise or this with diet or this with my sleeping habits. What kind of benefits have you been getting? Write the benefits down that you've been getting. These are the things that help to reinforce you. We talked earlier about a gratitude journal. Express thanks that you're getting those benefits. 
I had a patient years ago, chronic headaches, muscle contraction headaches. I said to her, hey, I've got a strategy for you. And she said, what is that strategy? I said, regular physical exercise. Get out there. Do something. Move around. Be active. Well, I saw this patient back some, I think it was several months later. And I said, how are you doing with your headaches? She had come in for some other reason. And she goes, what headaches? And I go, don't you remember the last time you came in? We talked about your headaches. We talked about more activity. Oh, yeah, I'm more active. I'm doing this. I'm doing all these activities. Her headaches had disappeared. They were gone because of her regular physical activity. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about more of why it's important to focus on the antecedents, the things that come before the behavior, as well as the consequences to help you have long-term success, whether we're talking about the FAST-8 program or any approach to lasting lifestyle change. I'm Dr. David DeRose. You're listening to American Indian and Alaska Native Living. We'll be back with more right after this. American Indian and Alaska Native Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please contact us on the web at AIANL.org or call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. A message from the National Police Association. It used to be that any able-bodied person would offer to assist a police officer in danger. Now, passers-by are more likely to take a video. There's a better use for your phone when an officer's in trouble. Call 911. Tell the operator where you are and what you see. Then, start your video to provide evidence later. To learn more about how you can assist law enforcement, visit nationalpolice.org. That's nationalpolice.org. Unlike other health concerns, mental illness is not always easy to see. Depression won't show up on an eye chart, and you can't measure it on your bathroom scale. Sorting out a mental health concern is not something to attempt on your own. You won't find a bipolar disorder by looking at a thermometer. Like many other health conditions, help for mental illness takes professional diagnosis and treatment. Anxiety won't just go away under a stick-on bandage. So the sooner you seek treatment, the better. If you or a loved one has a mental health concern, don't go it alone. Find out what to do. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. Learn more at samhsa.gov support. That's S-A-M-H-S-A slash support. Using meth taught me everything about freedom, only not like you think. It taught me how easy it is to lose your freedom. If you think meth is taking control of you, ask for help. You have the power to be truly free. I know. I'm Jan, and I'm free from meth. If you or someone you know is struggling with meth, call 1-800-662-HELP for 24-hour free and confidential treatment referral. Learn more at samhsa.gov meth. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaska Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. 
Welcome back to American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're doing a special joint program that will be featured as a special premiere, instant premiere on YouTube that will take place on March 25th, Saturday night, being released at 7 p.m. This is also going out that week, that following week, on the radio broadcast that uh, you're listening to if you're listening to the audio version. This is actually our final week in the Fast 8 program. We've been helping people make lasting lifestyle changes, and we're talking about successful behavior change in today's edition of the broadcast and in the accompanying video that goes along with it. We're especially trying to help people say, hey, you've made some great changes. You've lost weight. You've identified some things that can be different long-term. How can you keep on a path of success? We've been talking about a construct called the ABCs of Health Behavior Change. It stands for antecedents, the things that come before, the behaviors, and then the consequences that follow. What I'm trying to help you see is that just doing something that's healthy, if you don't focus on some of these other things, what comes before, what comes after, you're less likely to be successful. So let me break this down. We've been speaking about consequences. With any good habit, we started by talking about physical activity. And we said, hey, as you're doing this physical activity, write down the consequences, write down the benefits, keep a gratitude journal, say how thankful you are for the benefits you're getting. This helps to reinforce the good behavior. But now I'm going to do something here that a lot of people say, why are you doing this? And I'm going to say, look at the consequences of your bad behaviors. So for example, let's say uh, as you've been going through the Fast 8 program, one of the things you said you were going to uh, get rid of, uh, actually was speaking with someone recently who said, uh, I'm getting rid of all of the, the sweets. That's a pretty bold decision, but let's make it simple for the sake of illustration. Let's just say as you've been going through this program, you said, you know, the real thing that's been derailing my eating habits are candy bars, and I'm going to make a clean break with candy bars. Let me just stop right here, and if you haven't heard me say this or someone else say it, the real power when it comes to lifestyle change is in making clean breaks. Now, I know there's people that say, oh, that doesn't work for me if I cut down or if I just have one candy bar a week, that's the best for me, it's worked great, I've lost weight. If you have an addictive relationship with something, that is typically not any way to be successful, and if you make a clean break, you can free yourself to develop new enjoyments. A real key principle, and uh, I just want to give that to you because let's say in this program you're like that participant I was speaking with who made a clean break with those, uh, uh, we'll limit it to the candy bars. For sake of illustration, he was broader. Uh, this fellow had told me he's lost 20 pounds in like six weeks on the program. Presumably he was eating a lot of sweets and got rid of them all. But let's just talk about that, whether it's, quote, all sweets, whether it's desserts, whether it's candy bars, whether it's ice cream. You've identified something, and you say, I want to make a clean break with it. Now, this activity, a lot of times people say, why are you doing this? We're looking at consequences now. And here's the question I want you to ask. What good were the candy bars doing for you? And a lot of times when I ask people this question, whether it's candy bars, whether it's addictive uh, commercial tobacco, um, I say, what good were the cigarettes doing for you? What good were the candy bars doing for you? And people say, no good. I mean, you know, the cigarettes caused my emphysema or they caused me to get lung cancer and I had part of my lung removed or whatever the story might be. No, here's the principle. You would not have stuck with that, quote, unhealthy behavior 
as long as you did, unless it was doing something good for you. So I want people to think, I want you to think, if you're tuning in to this broadcast, if you're watching this video, look at your bad habits. You stepped away from them for a while, but what were they doing for you? And just be honest with yourself. Then you say, boy, if I start thinking about this, I'm going to want to go back to it. Well, I like to do this exercise after you've gotten away from the habit a little bit. So that's why we're doing it now if you've been on the Fast Aid program. But let's talk about those candy bars. What good were they doing for you? And uh, if you're honest, you may say, you know what? When I had a really hard day, when I felt people were beating up on me, I would just go and have that candy bar. And it just helped me relax. I felt loved. I felt, um, you know, comfort from it. And this is real. We've talked about this dynamic in the program. Eating, eating anything has this parasympathetic response. It actually tones down the stress systems in our body. So this is not just make-believe. And then especially if it's something that you have warm feelings associated with, uh, candy bars, for many people, I mean, I can remember even as a student in high school, I had a teacher that when you did good on a test, he'd give you a candy bar. It was a reward. And so this is something that uh, you're rewarding yourself after people were mean to you. So if you're honest with that, you say, well, how does that help me? Because it's going to bring us back to the antecedents. Because this is where we've got to go in the last half of this show. The antecedents are the settings in which you do the behaviors. And we're going to especially focus on the settings in which you do what? In which you did the bad behaviors. That's right. What are the high-risk settings going to be for you slipping back into your old habits? Really, really important stuff. So if you say, oh, the consequence, the benefit I got from eating the candy bar that was, I felt loved when I was under stress. Well, then this is going to let you know what is one of the high-risk situations, what is one of those high-risk antecedents that it's going to make it more difficult or it's going to tempt you to go back to that old habit you made a break with. Well, it's going to be a stressful situation. Now, we've segued to the antecedents, the things that come before. Here's the principle. Behaviors never happen in a vacuum. There's always a setting, right? What were you doing when you did that good behavior or that bad behavior? And we can arrange the settings, the antecedents, so that we can be more likely to succeed or, depending on the settings we put ourselves into or we find ourselves in, we can what? We can be more likely to fail. So let's talk about this. Many of you uh, may have had a journalism class before and you've dealt with the five W's, right? If you haven't, we'll try to bring you up to speed really quick. We want you to think that you're writing a news story. Who? Who was with me when I did the behavior? What? What was I doing? What was I thinking? What was going on? When? What time of day? Where? Where did you do it? And then the fifth W is why. Why did I do this behavior that I did? Why did you do it? Why did you do that good behavior or the bad behavior? So let's think about those antecedents, those questions. And I'd like you to go down that whole list in your mind right now. Think first about the who. Who are people that you might be around that are going to make it more difficult to stick with your good lifestyle changes? 
who are people that are going to make it easier to stick with them. One of the things that we've been doing in this program is we've been trying to help people connect. And here's what I want you to know. Hold me to this. If you're watching this video, in our final program, our graduation program, that's going to take place next week, that's April 1, Saturday night. So whether you're listening on radio, whether you're viewing on video, remember, if you want to partake in that program, if you want to be part of that live program, it will take place at 7 p.m. April 1st. If you want to know how to connect, simply go to www.timelesshealinginsights.org slash fast8. And you'll find a link there where you can jump on on the Zoom platform and actually interact with us. Hold me to task if I don't do this for you because I don't want anyone who's interacting with us to feel like they don't have someone that who that can help them be more successful. So there's folks going through this. You may be in different parts of the country, but you've seen someone. You've been interacting virtually. You kind of feel like you know that person. They've shared a number of times. Several of you can be at your own support network. You can plan to have a Zoom session or a phone call, or you can text each other. But have some people that will encourage you. This is powerful. And uh, as I travel throughout the country, do different programs, I try to empower uh, community groups, whether they're churches, whether they're businesses, whether they're tribal centers, okay, whether it's a tribal health entity. I've done that in place. Try to give them tools where they can help people come together. By the way, one of those tools that we have is our free 30-day online program. If you go to our website, timelesshealinginsights.org, sometimes you got to put that www dot in front of it. Uh, just the way it is with some browsers. But if you go to TimelessHealingInsights.org, you'll find we've got a free 30-day lifestyle program. And if you look on the website, you'll find information about how, if you have a nonprofit community group and you say, uh, maybe it's a tribal organization, maybe you're not Native, maybe it's a church, and you say, I'd like in our community for us to support people who are doing things like fast aid, who are going through a 30-day program, watching six-minute videos from Dr. DeRose in this free program over the course of a month. If you're supporting that in your community, if you're the hub and you're inviting people to go through that, you'll be able to support them in real time. We have that capability to have you work alongside of us as our, if you will, kind of local partners in your area of the country. And by the way, it can be any place in the world now because it's all virtual. So uh, feel free to take part in that program. We call it our Health Partner Program. Whether you're doing that or whether you just join us April 1 and you get connected with someone and you say, hey, I don't need any of this. I'm living with someone who can be my support person. Maybe it's a sibling, a significant other, whatever it might be. Find a who who's going to help you be successful. Now, as we're speaking about the who's, there's certain people, and you know this as well as I do, that are going to make it more easy to go the wrong direction. And sometimes this becomes especially significant during holidays, during celebrations. You're going to get together with family. Here's what I recommend. Strategy for success. Let people know up front what is different. Don't surprise people, okay? If for the last uh, 20 years, Aunt uh, Nellie, made you a chocolate cake every time you came to her house. 
and you would eat that chocolate cake and you say, Aunt Nellie, I just love this chocolate cake. Chocolate cake is so delicious. I am just enjoying it so much. Well, here's the thing. If you don't tell Aunt Nellie that uh, as a result of this program, you've made a break with chocolate cake. And just full disclaimer, if you're hearing this about this fast aid program for the first time, we haven't made anyone swear off of all chocolate cakes. But some folks have identified chocolate as one of the foods they want to make a clean break with. They say, this is not helping my health, not helping my lifestyle program, despite the fact that there are some helpful antioxidants in the chocolate. As I've told many of my patients, I have never had a patient in my office who was there because they were not eating enough chocolate. I have not found that uh, eating more chocolate has been of any benefit to any of my patients. If you're an exception and you say, my health is better because I'm eating you know, some black chocolate once a week and it's done X, Y, and Z, well, you let me know about it. I just haven't met a person like that, okay? Just for the record. But I've had plenty of people who said that was one of the foods that was undermining their program. We've got to step away. We're going to come back to chocolate. You'll see why I've used this example and why we're talking about it in the context of antecedents. I'm Dr. David DeRose. The radio edition of this broadcast is called American Indian and Alaska Native Living. If you're watching the video edition, it's part of the Fast 8 program being sponsored by Timeless Healing Insights. Regardless of how you're tuning in, we're going to be back with our final segment right after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov slash plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov slash plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. I'm just texting him back. I'm just posting a story. I'm just changing the song. I'm just... No. When it comes to distracted driving, just don't. Sending a text takes your eyes off the road for just five seconds, but in that time, your car can travel the length of an entire football field. Any distracted driving just isn't worth it. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. What is a number story? My number story started with fear and a lack of support, and it has led me to be there for others. A number story begins in our childhood with ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences. My number story begins with the separation from my father and the emotional abandonment from my mother and leads to me being a role model to not only myself, but those around me by becoming the person that wasn't there for me. ACEs are so common, two-thirds of us have one. My number story begins with drug abuse and homelessness and leads to realizing that I can live life by my own standards. A study found the more ACEs, the more likely we may experience a host of serious health effects, physical and mental, but that doesn't need to be the case. Your ACE number is simply an entry point to your own story. Where it leads is up to you. My number story begins with years of emotional abuse and leads to peace, clarity, and security in my self-worth. Take control of where your number story leads at numberstory.org. 
You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to the final segment of today's edition of American Indian and Alaska Native Living. Also the final segment of our Fast 8 weekly segment. We're talking about the ABCs of health behavior change, how you can have lasting success when it comes to health behavior change. And we've been focusing on these antecedents, the things that come before as part of our ABC construct. We've been looking at the who, what, why, when, and where's, and why that's so important. We've been trying to help you identify people that might be more likely to derail your program as well as people that can help it. You say, what's the point of identifying people that could derail it? I was talking about the example of chocolate and sharing how some people may be making a clean break with chocolate as a result of the program. The example I was getting into involved Aunt Nellie. And uh, Aunt Nellie, historically, for 20 years, has made you a chocolate cake every time you come to her home, let's say for Thanksgiving, and you eat that whole chocolate cake or you share it and you tell her how delicious it is. Well, if you just show up at Aunt Nellie's this Thanksgiving, what is going to be there? I can almost guarantee there's going to be a chocolate cake. And you can't just say, well, I'll have a little bit of it, or I will just try it, or I'll just let Aunt Nellie know I've stopped eating chocolate cake. No, call her in advance and tell her, Aunt Nellie, I'm looking forward to coming over for Thanksgiving, but I've got to let you know something. I'm not going to be eating the chocolate cake. I used to love your chocolate cakes, but I realized chocolate was undermining my health and it was contributing to my weight gain, and I've made a clean break with it. Now, Aunt Nellie may respond in different ways. If she is a chocolate lover, she might just say, oh, no, you can still eat chocolate. I just saw my dietician. She said, it's just the amount. You can have chocolate on Thanksgiving. It's fine. It won't mess you up. Here's the challenge. If you've had an addictive relationship with something, just having that chocolate for Thanksgiving, even just one piece, can reawaken those desires. And for some people, will put you right back in the throes of chocolate. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm not making this stuff up, okay? And some folks say, well, it was easy to make a clean break with that habit. I could do it again. It may not be so easy the next time. I could tell you story after story. People, whether it's changing in their diet, whether it's with smoking, some people and their attempts to stop smoking, it may be easy the first time they quit. But when they went back to smoking, the second time was terrible. Really hard time. So here's the message. You're looking at the settings that are likely to face you. And here's really what we're focused on. I want you to think especially in terms of two types of settings. There's high-risk settings. The who's, the what's, the why's, the when's, the where that are very high risk. And then there are settings that are what I call safe havens, where there's absolutely no possibility that you will engage in the bad behavior. Let's take another example. As you've been going through this program, Fast 8, one of the things I told you is to make a clean break with caloric beverages. Some of you did that. During one week, you may have said, hey, I can keep doing this, and you've stuck with it. One of the most common caloric beverages in some segments of the population are alcoholic beverages. Are you aware that gram for gram alcohol, beverage alcohol, 
has nearly twice as many calories as pure white sugar. That's right, 7 calories per gram in alcohol, 4 calories per gram in pure white sugar. So the alcohol contributes to weight gain as well as other constituents in alcoholic beverages. So let's say you made a clean break with the alcoholic beverages. Let's say you maybe even were a problem drinker. Maybe you even admitted to yourself that you're an alcoholic and you've been going to AA. What do they tell you in AA if you say, hey, great to be here at the weekly meeting. I just thought I'd let everyone know. I just want you to give me a pass because my son is graduating from high school and we're going to have the champagne out. And I want to be able to still count my sobriety even though I'm planning to have a drink next weekend. What are the folks in AA going to tell you? They're going to say, don't drink. Too many stories of people who just have the one drink and then what? Then they go right back to drinking. Okay, we're using alcohol now as an example. Why we're using this example? I want you to think in terms of high-risk situations and safe havens. What would be a high-risk situation? Where would you be more likely to go back to drinking? You say, well... I mean, if I go to the bar, that's a pretty high-risk situation. Yeah. Now, here's the point. It's not a sign of weakness. If you say, right now, I don't think I could handle walking into the bar. I got a lot of friends there. I used to go after work every day and drink. I could just go and have a soft drink or just some water, but I'm afraid it's going to be too tempting. It's not a sign of weakness to say that. It's a sign of strength. It's a sign of insight. It's a sign of recognition. And for most people the best strategy is not to jump right back into a high-risk situation. You try to avoid those high-risk situations. Now, what would be a safe haven? Where is there absolutely zero risk? The only place that is a legitimate safe haven is a place where you have never engaged in the behavior before. If it's drinking, name a place where you've never drank before. Someone might say, my church. Because in their church, uh, for example, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. We don't use alcohol in our church. Come to communion service, there's no alcohol there. We use unfermented grape juice, okay? So most people that I know of have never drank alcohol in a Seventh-day Adventist church. Now, if you're in another faith community, they may serve alcohol at functions. They may have uh, alcohol served in the communion service. So that's not going to be a safe haven. You say, well, I usually don't drink there. I mean, it's only, no, that's not a safe haven. It might be a low-risk situation, but it's not a safe haven. So safe haven, absolutely no risk. You say, I never do this bad habit around the grandkids, around my children, or around certain people. Well, then those people are a safe haven for that specific behavior. Do you see how it works? So take some time and go through the who, what, why, when, where. Where are the people, the places, the things that are safe havens? Let me tell you one of my favorite ones. Because patients will often say, I do this everywhere. I, I eat everywhere. I'll say, do you eat in the shower? Now, believe it or not, I've even had people tell me that they smoked in the shower. But most of the time when I ask people about places where they don't engage in the bad habit, whether it's eating things or drinking things or smoking things, the shower is usually a safe haven. So I say, Early in the program, if you're feeling strongly tempted, what's a safe haven you can go to? Well, I could go to the church. Oh, I could go over to the grandkids. Oh, I could go in the shower. Do you get the picture? So these antecedents are powerful to identify, and you're especially looking at things that are high risk that you want to try to avoid. If you can't avoid them, 
then you want a specific strategy of what you will do in that high-risk situation. So again, we mentioned the, the holiday situation. And you say, hey, I'm not going to avoid being with my family at these special holiday gatherings or at birthday parties or whatever, or anniversaries, whatever it might be. A powwow. I'm going to be at the powwow. But it's a high-risk situation. So what are you going to do? Don't say, well, whatever I do, I, when I go to the powwow, I'm not going to eat this thing or I'm not going to drink that. No. You have to have a plan as to what you are going to do. Make a plan what you are going to do. Say, well, I'm going to go over to the farm stand that they always have at our powwow. There's always a fresh uh, farm stand. Well, I haven't been to such a powwow, but if there's, you understand what I'm saying. That particular strategy, what if the farm stand isn't there that year? Are you getting my picture? Then I'm going to bring something with me in my car. If there are any options that I can eat, I'm going to have something in my car. Whatever it is, you say, you can't do that. You got to eat. You have to decide what works for you in specific settings. Identify the high-risk situation. Can you avoid it? Yes or no? If you can't, then have a practical strategy. What will you do? You say, oh, whenever I go to visit these family members, I get off an exercise program. I'd start exercise, and then it would drop off. Here's the thing that I would say. Have a plan. What are you going to do? Let, let the family know. Say, is it going to freak you out if every morning I get up early and uh, take a walk? Have a game plan so that you can stick with those behaviors, okay? So focus on the SMART goals. What's going to be different from here on out? And then think about the consequences. The good consequences are things that help to reinforce those good behaviors, why you're doing it. The negative consequences of the old behaviors, those can keep you away from going down the old behavior. But remember, those old behaviors had some good things they were doing for you as well, some benefits you were getting from something that you labeled as a bad health habit. Why do you identify those? To shed light on the antecedents, to shed light on what might be high-risk situations. And then once you identify those high-risk situations, you either avoid them or have a strategy where you can be successful. Most of all, identify some of those safe havens, people that can help you along the road, settings where there's no danger of slipping back into specific behaviors that you're trying to make a clean break with. Those are some of the secrets of health behavior change. I've shared them with people over the years. They've made a big difference in many of my patients and many of my group participants. I know they can make a difference for you. I'm so glad that you were able to join us for today's edition of American Indian and Alaska Native Living. As always, I'm Dr. David DeRose wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.